podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday before an international break, or in an international break, which is a bit shit, because who really cares about international football outside of a major tournament? Uh, so therefore, everything is very quiet. The Saudi transfer window closes today. So I'm sure the club are ready on the off chance, a big offer comes in for Salah. Rumours were the other night that an offer came in of over £200 million. Those are unreported and unsubstantiated rumours. A world record fee would be... I mean, look, it's, it's, it's hard to turn down £200-plus million for any player, let alone a 31-year-old. But obviously, our transfer window is closed, so they don't really have a choice. They kind of have to turn it down unless Mo kicks up a fuss, which wouldn't be like Mo. His agent would be the one who might kick up a fuss, but he hasn't. He hasn't made any noise at all. The only public comment he's made was to say that Mo was committed to Liverpool, and that's why he signed his contract last year. So I don't really know... I don't really know what's gone on. There's been rumours that... The agent went to Saudi. He's based in the Middle East. He went to Saudi and he negotiated a contract and that Mo was happy to to sign the contract. He was happy to take them up on the offer. Uh, some people have dismissed that out of hand. I think there is some merit to it. Um, but the bottom line is that by the time they started making bids, it was far too late. Like if they really wanted Salah, the time to move for him was the start of July. When all of this began with them, when all of the big names started to roll into Saudi, that was the time to go and make a really big play for Mo. You'd gotten Benzema in. Mo and Benzema together would be lethal for al Ittihad. Obviously, they came in for Fabinho. Maybe if they buy Mo first, they don't buy Fabinho, who knows? But that would have been the time to do it. After that, it all became a little bit too late. Now, there's obviously lots of discourse about what would we do if he did leave? What would you do if he left next summer or left in January? My guess is he'll go next summer. That's what I think will happen. I think this will play out where they'll come back in in January and potentially we'll say, look, we'll agree a fee now, but you can't have them until the summer. And I think they'll be happy enough with that. I think this is Mo's last season. 
So we should embrace every moment of it because he's one of the greatest players the club has ever seen. But Mo leaving does not mean the end of Liverpool. It does not mean the end of Liverpool's success. There are ways to replace Mo. You don't replace him like for like because that is foolish. If you try and replace him like for like, you are going to fail. You're going to put unnecessary expectation on one player. If you can get 200 million for Mo next summer, the best thing to do with that money is to spread it out across three real high-end star young players. So there's talk of Kvitsa Kvaratskhelia signing a new contract with Monaco, with um, Napoli, and he wants a 90 million euro buyout, which is about 80 million pounds. And if he signs that deal, we should immediately trigger that buyout as soon as possible. Whatever the dates are where that buyout is active, we should be throwing money at him and throwing money at them. Get that deal done. Michael Elise has a buyout in his contract that will kick in next summer and go and get him. And then you've got, for the option of a 4-2-3-1, which I think would suit our players better than the current shape, you'd have Elise and Elliot on the on the right. You'd have Quicha and Diaz on the left. Darwin and Jota as nines. Dominic and Gakpo as 10. Now, everybody can play a multitude of positions, but that eight-man group, plus Ben Doak, plus Kate Gordon, plus Curtis Jones could play as a 10 or a left winger, plus Alexis can play as a 10, plus Gravenberch could play as a 10. All of a sudden, you'd have a ton of options in attack. And you'd be roughly 135 million through the Mo money. And then spend the rest on getting yourself a proper holding midfielder. And you'd have Alexis, you'd have Gravenberg, and you'd have Curtis as that more controlling central midfielder. You go and you spend the remaining budget on your starting defensive midfielder. You've got Endo as the depth. Thiago will be gone. And that's your midfield group. And that's strong. And you, you've got Besetich there as well, obviously. So there's your six-man midfield group. New defensive midfielder, Endo, Besetich, Alexis, Gravenberch, and Curtis. And there's your six-man midfield group. And again, that's really strong. And then whatever budget you have going in, probably somewhere in the region of 100 million-ish, well, that's the budget for the defence. So Joe Gomez going will pay for his own replacement. Cuevin Kelleher going will more than pay for his own replacement. In fact, you might not need to buy a replacement. You could promote Pitaluga and then have Harvey Davies as the third. That's probably the preferable choice. You might want to bring in someone a bit more experienced, but there's always going to be goalkeepers you can find that are very, very affordable. Experienced goalkeepers, a lot of them come up out of contract. You'll always find somebody. But if you could get 15 million for Kelleher, 20 for Gomez, that will cover a Gomez replacement easily. Costas will go. So you've got Costas money plus the 100 million to sign a starting left back and one more centre back. And then you've got Kwanzaa as your fifth choice. And Nat Phillips can go finally. 
Reese Williams can go. There's ways where we could come out of next summer with an incredible group. Strong everywhere, multiple options everywhere, but it will only happen if we've got the right man making the decisions. And that man is not Jurgen Klopp. It needs to be somebody above him making the decisions. Whether that's a sporting director, whether that's a president of football operations or a sporting CEO, the structure needs to be fixed between now and next summer. And here's the other thing. We might go in January and sign a holding midfielder. We might go in January and sign a centre-back. So we might not have all of that to do next summer. We might not need as big a rebuild. But it should be very doable with Mo going. Mo should fund three. I mean, the name I'd love us to look at is Alfonso Davies because he's out of contract in 2024 and doesn't seem to want to sign a new deal with Bayern. Now, loads of people immediately go, oh, he's going to Real Madrid. There's no basis for that at all. And Real are going to be so focused on the Mbappe deal that I don't necessarily think they're going to have a whole lot of time or money to do anything else because Mbappe allegedly is getting an enormous signing on fee, which will eat into Real's cash reserves. And the stadium is already at into most of them. Are they going to prioritise left-back when they've already got a decent group of left-backs? I don't think they are. Right-back is a much more pressing need. Central defence is a much more pressing need. Left-back, they're already pretty all right there. You know? The right-wing is a more pressing need. So, I'd love us to throw money at Byron for Davies and see what happens. Because with one year left in his deal, what's he going to cost? 60, 65? Could you come out of it with him, Olise and Kvicha for your Salah money? And now you've got Davies and Kvicha down the right. You've got Trent and Olise down, sorry, Davies and, and Kvicha down the, the left and Trent and Olise down the right. That's really strong. Really, really strong. And then you've got Alisson, Ibu, Virgil, Alexis, holding midfielder, Dominic and Darwin through the middle. That's your spine. That team walks the league. Even with City, that team wipes away pretty much everybody in the path. Now, there's some injury concerns, there's some age concerns in terms of players being quite young, needing to develop. But that's a team that goes and wins the title. And yes, it's fantasy football stuff, but... Why not? Why not us? If we have that money coming in from Salah, why can't we be the ones to do that? Maybe you keep Gomez next summer and you just spend the budget on a backup centre-back and a starting holding midfielder. It doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be a great holding midfielder. Like It doesn't have to be Chuameni or Caicedo or Rodri. It doesn't have to be that level. It can be a level below. It absolutely can be a level below. And there is talk that there is a release clause on Bubakar Kamara where it's Champions League clubs. Now, it may be non-English Champions League clubs, but I'd kick the tyres on him next summer and see what happens. Kick the tyres again on Dekure. I guarantee the Dekure price comes down. 
there'll be others as well that have popped up who will be of interest. But Mo leaving wouldn't be the end of the world. It would be, obviously, it would be a big moment because he's been so important. But there is a way we come out of the Mo deal better off than we go into it. We did the same thing when we sold Ian Rush. We did the same thing when we sold Kevin Keegan. If we're smart about it, if we know the deal is coming and we can put things in place, so put the Quiche deal in place, put the Elise deal in place, go to Palace and say, look, we're coming to you early. We're being respectful. We're going to trigger his buyout clause. Is it okay if we agree terms with him now? And on June 1st, we will deposit his buyout clause in your account. You do the same thing with Napoli. You get those deals done, then you sell Salah, and then you take what's left and you go to Bayern and say, right, here we go. The other option, there's an incredible young left back who's going to be be on a Bosman potentially next summer and Alejandro Balde. Now, there's talk that he has agreed a new contract with Barca, but nothing's been signed. So that remains to be seen. Um, Anyway, that's just ramble. On to this is Anfield. Uh, How Jurgen Klopp's reinvent ourselves plea led to a 12-month Liverpool evolution. That's written by Adam Beatty. There's a piece about Jörg Schmatke, also written by Adam Liverpool staff see Ginny Wijnaldum similarities as Ryan Gravenberch role explained. Well, it hasn't really been explained. Hasn't really been explained at all. Klopp. Klopp also has Alexis, Thiago and Besetic as contenders for the number six roles. Number six role. This is, this is an issue. Because none of them are are number sixes and you're wasting each and every one of them in that role. Now, for Bissetic, he's not getting in the team probably any other way at this point, unless it's as a backup to Trent. But Alexis and Thiago are horribly wasted in that role. And Thiago, he's played there for us. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Uh, Liverpool supporters set for unique Anfield experience, all for great cause. Oh, they're doing the kip on the cop, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing a kip on the cop in uh, in support of Liverpool Homeless FC, I think it is. So do make sure you click on that. There's a few few people that I've seen are doing are actually taking part in it. So I'm sure you can find, just search Kip on the Cop on Twitter. I'm sure you'll find a couple of them. Um, Definitely a very good cause. Liverpool fans baffled by latest Alisson Award snub. Best in the world. Alisson hasn't been nominated for the Ashen Trophy, which is incredible. Uh, Bono of Morocco, Thibaut Courtois, Ederson, Levakovic of Croatia, Mike Magnon, Emi Martinez, Andre Onana has been nominated, which is absolutely farcical. Aaron Ramsdale, farcical. Bryce Samba, farcical. Mark andre Ter Stegen. 
I mean, there's only three goalkeepers on that list who are even in the conversation with Alisson. It's Thibaut Courtois, Mike Mannion and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. The rest of them can't lace his boots. And Ali was significantly better than all of them last season, as pointed out by Simon Brundish on Twitter. So it's just a laughable, laughable thing. Ali was the first winner of the of the trophy. He was our best player last year. It was arguably the best season of his career. And he hasn't even been nominated. Now, look, I wouldn't have expected him to win it because I think it'll go to Emmy Martinez because of his World Cup heroics. But it's a it's an absolute disgrace that Allison isn't uh isn't nominated. An absolute disgrace. But then we had idiots putting Aaron Ramsdale in the team of the year over him. So, you know, there's a clear lack of uh, ball knowledge, as the kids say, among the people that vote for these different things. Uh, Darwin Nunes has finally given Jurgen Klopp what he wants as Liverpool can unleash monster, says Liverpool.com. There's a piece about Curtis Jones, a couple of pieces about Salah, a piece about right, uh, Ben Doak. There's a piece about Brian and Bomo uh, as a potential replacement for Mo. And I know people might scoff straight away at that idea, but Mbomo's just turned 24. I know he looks like he might be about, you know, 40, but he has just turned 24. And if you look at his numbers for last season in all competitions, Actually, no, just look at the Premier League. Just look at the Premier League. Nine goals and eight assists in the Premier League, playing for, let's be fair, a mid-table team. That's a fairly good return, I would say. For under 3,000 minutes. That was his age 23 year. So if we look at Mo's age 23 year, that would be the 15-16 season. Mo had 14 goals and six assists in about 2,800 minutes. So three more goals and assists. But in a weaker league, playing for one of the better teams in that league, All told, in all competitions, uh, Mbomo had 9 and 8 in 2,950-ish minutes. All competitions, Mo actually had 15 and 7, so 22 goals and assists uh, in 3,400 minutes or so. So you're looking at five more goals and assists in a weaker league for a stronger team in four four. 450 more minutes. I don't think it's that wild to suggest that Mbomo can scale up. Now, look, he's not going to scale up to what Mo did in his first season with us because that was, frankly, ludicrous. But Mo scaled up in his last season at Roma. And if Mbomo can do similar this year, 
I would be shocked if he's not someone we look at. He's got four goals in four Premier League games so far this season. He started brilliantly. I really do think we might consider him. I really do. Again, you wouldn't expect him to be Mo, but he could replicate a lot of what Mo does in terms of goals and assists. If he could be 80% of Mo and we could find the other 20% elsewhere, like an improvement in holding midfield, upgrading in different positions, having better depth, I, I, I'm on board. I see a lot of people talking about Musa Diab. I think Mbomo's a better player. I really do. Diaby's a flashier player, but I think Mbomo's got a higher technical level. The only knock on him is he does miss a lot of chances, but so does Mo. But as long as you keep continue to get a lot of chances, and remember, he's doing that where the most creative person in that team is Ivan Tony. We've got a number of better creators than Ivan Tony, and Ivan Tony's great. Could we do a Brentford double? Get Tony and Mbomo? If Tony and Darwin as options up front, Tony and Darwin can play together in certain sets. I, I really like Brian Mbomo. I really do. If he just works on his finishing, and that's that's a coaching thing. Like you can coach that. But he was really good at Troy's. And since coming to Brentford, he has gotten better and better year upon year, which obviously you would you would hope. But not everybody does. Not every player does improve every single year. And he has. As his hair has abandoned him, his performance level has gone up. But remember, his first season in the championship, he was incredible. 16 goals in 17 games in all competitions. He's never scored less than eight in a Premier League uh, in a, a season when they've been a Premier League club. His first season, he'd only get four in the league. He easily, easily missed seven or eight big, big chances that year. Big, big chances. But, you know, like I say, confidence, practice can all improve it. He's got 45 goals for Brentford in 177 games. It's not a magnificent return, but it's not bad. It's not bad at all. And the creativity is there with him. As I said, last year, he had eight assists. He hasn't got any this year, but he's playing more as the nine this year with Tony out through the the gambling suspension. Uh, The season before last... Four goals and seven assists in the Premier League. Eight and seven in all competitions. The season before that, which was their final season in the Championship, he was eight and 13 across all competitions and turned up in the playoffs for them. Was important in the playoffs. Season before that was his first year with Brentford and he was 17 and eight in all competitions. Season before that, he was playing with Troyes in the second division in France. This is his first season as a as a real senior pro. 
and he's 11 and 4. And he's a kid. Like, he's 19 starting that season. So he has gotten better year upon year upon year. And I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. The only knock is he has declared for Cameroon. He's got nine caps there now, which means that he would have to go to AFCON. But we, we've dealt with AFCON for years and we've always done well when we've had a Cameroonian in the squad, even if Joel Matip decided to retire from international football a long time ago. It's important to have your roots. Um, so, yeah, that's a good piece by Ben Boxick there on Mbomo. So do check that one out. On AnfieldIndex.com, uh, there's a piece about a recent pod myself and Carl did uh, about our all-time favourite teams. There is a piece about Andre, a piece about uh, a piece on statistical analysis based on the under-pressure pod. Liverpool's new dynamic duo, more than just teammates. So you can check that one out there. Uh, Liverpool set to ink pioneering 70 million new Nike deal. Interesting. Now, I'd much rather if we were with Adidas because their kids are nicer, but Nike seem to be paying us more money, so we'll stick with them. Uh, Pod-wise, there is that new scouted that's out. There's another one to come in the coming days as well. Seth and Carl went over our five favourite Premier League transfer windows. Early next week, we'll do our five favourite European ones. And there is a new under pressure. No Dan Rhodes. He's off skiving as usual. But um, Phil Barter, Cy Brundish and Dan Kennett discussing the 3-0 whooping. I'd say we whooped Villa. Because it could easily have been four or five. Matip should have scored. Darwin should have scored. He also hit the crossbar. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go whooping. Um, best off-ball performance in 18 months. A deep dives on the strengths of a through three-man midfield. Positive pressing signs. Nunes leads the way. Uh, give all of that a good listen when you have a chance. And that is all I have for today. I'm gonna go off and consider Alfonso Davies overlapping creature getting the ball slipped to him, slinging in a low cross and Darwin sliding home to make it 1-0. Then Dominic lashing one into the top corner to make it 2-0. Elise weaving, slipping a ball to Darwin, cutting it back. Quicha coming in off the left, making it three. Long-range Trent goal for four. And then late on, Virgil comes up for a corner and makes it five. That's what he's going to consider. Anyway, I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourself. It's terrible things an international break will do to your mind. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.